Welcome to episode four of the Hike or Die Outdoor Adventure Podcast. I'm here with good friend and Jeep driving freak, Craig, as always. <laughs> I can't wait to get into this one, Craig. There's a whole bunch of stuff coming up. Um, can you just play that damn tune? Let's do it. G'day guys, how you doing? Um, thank you for joining us again on another podcast. We've made it to number four. That's our record. So congratulations to us. <laughs> sure is, yes. I, I was thinking earlier this week actually, Craig, I thought there has to be some kind of um, statistics that show uh, some kind of a drop-off um, where people kind of give up on podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there has to be. There's got to be. I guarantee you there is. Uh, I reckon it's about number three. Number three. I reckon people do three and then think, yeah, that's, I don't think I want to do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> or they get lazy or whatever. But it's the opposite. It's the opposite for us because we are so close to hitting a thousand downloads. That's uh, not funny. I'm really happy with that. And I've got to thank everyone for their support. That, that of course, doesn't include uh, the people watching on YouTube. Hi to you guys. We're recording now at the moment. Um, but, you know, those, those numbers probably don't mean a lot to um, um, people with bigger podcasts, but the fact that we've only punched out three of these and we're not actively pushing it, I'm really impressed with that. And thanks for you guys for, for getting stuck in and having a listen. There's been some good feedback. And just to kind of frame this podcast now, we recorded those first three and then put them out in fairly quick succession. But what we're aiming to do from this point forward is launch the podcast much closer to when we actually record it. So, for example, it's uh, Saturday night and Craig and I are having, you know, it's party central here. Let's, we've got chips, drinks. Yeah. And um, so while everyone else is partying, we're recording this for you. But my point is that this will probably drop um, within sort of three or four days. So the, the news is going to be more current. The, the stuff that we're talking about is going to be more current from when we record it to when you hear it. And for that reason... I think it's just going to be a um, just much better information for you guys. Yeah? Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's a cool. good plan. A lot has happened, Craig. Um, I just don't know where to start. H how are you anyway? Jeez, what's going on? Mate, I'm good. I'm real good, thanks. Doing really well. Feeling um, happy to be doing this again. Um, yeah, haven't, uh, haven't had much of a chance to get away. Work's been holding me back at the moment, but... Yeah, got the finishing touches on a plan to get away um, on a little hike in the next fortnight. Oh, yeah, cool. Definitely. Do, gonna... we, do we have details or is this a secret? Uh, it's just a solo uh, back to Barney again. Just get oh, cool. back to it. Haven't You've been got there. A, an affinity, is that the way yeah. you would say it, with that mountain? Yeah. Yeah, mm, I reckon, cool. reckon I'll definitely um, get there in the next couple of weeks. How many nights? At least one. 
at least one. Let's say that. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. hard to it's hard to um, it's hard to get away from more than one at the moment. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah, for sure. Oh, it's a good spot down there. It's um, can get you get yourself pretty secluded pretty quickly. Yeah, man, it's great. Well, I have a whole bunch to tell you about my recent outdoor adventure, mm. but. I don't want to go into that just yet because I I just won't be able to stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that that's coming up. I will go into that for sure. I've yep. got a bunch of um, housekeeping stuff to go through here. Uh, things are moving along just nicely, and this uh, I, I guess I'll start by saying this: Craig and I have had sponsors over the years. Um, they've stuck around. Um, they've they've supplied us with gear and we test it and usually what happens it usually happens in that order someone will send us something and we'll test it and uh, we'll kind of fall in love with it and end up forming a pretty good relationship with that company what uh, that's led us to is um you know some of the clothing we wear um the, the sunglasses we wear and a few bits and pieces of gear and this podcast was was obviously um it's a nice way to kind of give back to to those people that are supporting us as we do in our shout outs but um you know we're not going to take up a lot of your time every time you listen to a podcast but we are going to kind of let you know who uh who's supporting us and who we are supporting the same time that does open up opportunities for you guys um people are pretty keen to kind of reach out and get to know our audience as well. So there's a few cool things coming up. We'll get to those in a second too. Uh, so I want to start by saying that we are now officially living lab testers. Yeah. Get your head around that <laughs> for a second. For um, Bluey Merino, they are a fully Australian-owned and operated merino active and outdoor wear clothing company and we've been wearing their garments i'm talking everything from socks through to um kind of neck gaiters shirts um and then the leggings and what else have we got awesome oh, headgear like all sorts of stuff it's it's awesome i've absolutely thrashed it i know you have too yeah we just flogged that stuff and it just it stands up to everything um we can give it and that's why we um that's why i'm happy to sort of recommend it and that's why it's great to kind of be building a relationship with these guys mm. um i got a couple of articles in the in the pipeline for when they um launch their new website but what is really exciting today is um, the story I'm going to get to. I have to kind of tell you a bit about that to link in with this. Mm -hmm. I constantly come up uh, against this uh, situation. Let's call it a situation. When I'm at work, usually it's, it's usually workmates, to be honest, because they're the people you end up um, spending the most time with. Mm -hmm. I you know, people end up finding out that I'm into hiking and adventure and all this stuff. And all the time I get girls, women saying, 
oh, wow, I love the outdoors. I'd love to get into the outdoors. And I say, oh, yeah, well, you, you should. Why, why don't you? And I always get the same answers no matter how old they are. Um, anything about the demographic, I get very, very similar responses. And they're usually to do with um, I don't have anybody to take me. My partner isn't interested. Um, I wouldn't know where to go. I don't feel safe in the outdoors by myself. Um, I wouldn't know what gear to take. Mm -hmm. Fairly, I mean, you could say that about most guys as well, right? <laughs> I work with guys who who um, would have exactly the same responses. Yeah. But I think there's this, I don't know, there's something different about it. Why is every single girl I talk to giving me the same response? And the more and more I heard that, I kind of thought that it was almost like a duty in a sense to give back and put my hand up and say, look, if you guys want to come out, I will take you on a on an organized hike and um, I'll take care of everything and show you guys around and just give you a taste for it. Because my hope is that I can plant some seed that will kind of grow and then those guys might start doing shorter hikes by themselves and, and develop their own outdoor skills and then and then that can kind of just magnify. Yep. Um, not that I don't want to take them on a hike again, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you um, give a man a fish, he eats for a day. If you teach a man to fish, he eats for a lifetime. Yeah. You know, that kind of Plant that theory, seed, right? See what so, happens. Yeah, yeah, let them drag other people in and let that manifest and, and, sure. and go on. So I was uh, talking to... And this is how that story loops back. <laughs> I was talking to Bluey Marino and I said, hey, something cool I've got coming up is I'm taking a, a group of girls hiking that have never been mm. on a serious hike before. And they just said, oh, that's fantastic. Um, yeah, there needs to be more of that. And they sent me an email during the week and said, look, um, on the podcast we want to give some of the female listeners the opportunity to win a piece of um, Bluey Merino clothing. And I thought that was a fantastic idea. Very generous of them. Um, the So what they're offering is a, um, it's called a, let me get this right, Outdoor 160 um, short sleeve t-shirt. It's a beautiful piece of merino wool uh, clothing mm -hmm. well I can't say that I don't actually wear the women's version <laughs> but <laughs> it's one you've been I wearing have. for weeks yeah yeah I've been testing it you know <laughs> it's uh, it fits my slim stature uh, the I wear the same version uh, the <laughs> same one in the male version and I've had it for must be a couple of years now since we've had them right yeah uh, and I love it. Absolutely love it. Sometimes I just wear it to work as a t-shirt in mm. winter because it's so comfortable. I've worn it running, uh, any kind of training and obviously hiking, canoeing. This trip that I took the girls on was kind of like a little bit of canyoning down a gorge. 
And so I was getting wet, dry, wet, dry. And it was absolutely perfect for that, as you'd know. Yeah. From um, the, the one hike that sticks out in my mind, and this is something that we'll spend a whole podcast on one day, was when we hiked out to the Stinson plane wreck. Yep. And there was that, it was hot, muggy, steamy kind of weather. And then we were getting rained on. And there was one point there where I just said, you know what? Instead of steaming in this rain jacket, I'd rather just wear my merino top and mm. get saturated and my temperature will kind of meet out itself better. Mm-hmm. And it was 100% true. As soon as I got that rain jacket off and let myself get rained on, then the activity kind of warmed me up again. Anyway, it, it's it's fantastic gear. So... Craig, would you like to tell the listeners, mm. sorry guys, but this is for the girls only, uh, how they can win a fantastic Bluey Merino t-shirt? Yeah, well, it's there on the website. Uh, so you go to uh, bluymerino.com, B-L-U-E-Y merino.com and join the Bluey Mates. Yeah, yes. Bluey Mates is a little thing they've got going off. If you, if you scroll down, not very far, on the right-hand side, there's a blue box and it says Bluey Mates. It's a program where they will send you special deals and early releases. So it's not just a newsletter, but they actually give you the opportunity to get into stuff early, which is pretty cool. As living lab testers, Craig and I will also be up to date with new stuff coming out and i had um this very subtle hint in an email from the guys this week saying that there may or may not be a significant range of new ultra soft merino base layers and urban knitwear about to be released so we're going to let us know more about that. Hopefully they come in women's sizes for you too, mate. I, I hope they do. <laughs> I like it fitting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so do what Craig said. Jump on to bluemerino.com. Go down and sign up as a Bluey mate. Now, that will automatically put you into the mix to be picked out for... Um, one of these shirts on the next podcast we will announce the winner of that competition i'm really excited about it for so many reasons but the main one being that is a awesome piece of kit and to be able to kind of um have somebody else have the opportunity to to try some of that it's good it's good oh cool moving right along uh I feel like we kind of left the thing with that last podcast where we recorded it um, on location. uh, I feel like we kind of left that story unfinished because we did the podcast on the second evening and then the next day we hiked out. So they didn't actually find out what happened. Obviously, we didn't die. Mm Mm-hmm. But you got to launch your drone properly that next morning. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Because I remember we were talking about it and said, we'll let you know how we go. Yeah, right. And I was very successful. I was very impressed with you, Craig. Well, when you asked me what I've been doing, I wasn't sure if we were going to mention the drone today. But um, yes, certainly have been flying at every chance I can get. Um, you still got all your fingers? Still got all my fingers. Like. Have yeah. you kids? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> good, good. Hey. Yeah. No injuries so, so good. far. Just checking. Um, yeah, yeah. Getting the knack for it, man. It's really good. Yeah. I was, I was most impressed. There was a lot of pressure on Craig on that flight because um, it wasn't hooking up with all the satellites. Now, to anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, Obviously, the, the GPS functions, the, the fact that it can hook up with satellites means it gets a lot more stability in it and it takes a lot of pressure off the drone pilot. Um, so long story short, Craig could only hook up with probably less than half of what he wanted to. So there was a lot of manual flying involved. I remember that particular moment when you took your finger off the throttle and it actually dropped a meter in the air yeah my heart nearly stopped <laughs> just so you know um he took off over a river because there was nowhere else to take off so yeah it was it was um it was pretty full on and then oh, there was nowhere to land I tell us it, about the landing craig i thought it was gonna be expensive um, <laughs> <laughs> expensive maiden yeah. voyage yeah uh, yeah, it was, it was all right, but we we did have to catch it because it kind of, yeah, there's nowhere to land where we were and that was probably my biggest fear because I'd only just got this new size small drone that, yeah, you just got to grab it out of the air and yeah, it went all right though. <laughs> I remember you saying to me the afternoon before, it's okay because I've watched about 15 videos about this. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a feeling I might have to do it. Yeah. Uh, I'm so glad you did though. I don't know how we would have got that thing. Uh, Some yeah. kind of a stick or something. Yeah, <laughs> it was good. I've had I've had a look at the footage and I've actually thrown it together. Have you? Uh, yeah, yeah, I have. Um, which kind of puts a bit of pressure on me right now because I feel like I need to knock that out over the next couple of days and try and get it in the mix for when this podcast launches. But yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, okay. I cool. mean, we still got a bit of work to do on the exposure and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, with the actual camera settings, but the flight, yeah, there are some nice pieces in there, man. Yeah. So it gives a really good. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. It gives a really good um, interpretation or of oh. where we are compared to our photographs. Yeah, it's it's a different aspect. It's a different um, perspective on on where where we are which is always good but yeah i'm going to get these little um polarized filters for the front for the, ah, very the lens and um i believe all that stuff makes a bit of a difference so yeah for sure yeah it's been fun oh it's good it's excellent yeah you'll love it i'll show it to you later <laughs> give you a sneak preview before these guys awesome <laughs> uh okay what else we got what else we got oh yeah that's where i was going with that so we did make it out alive Part of the reason we made it out alive, in my humble opinion, was the uh, Topo Maps Plus oh, yeah. software. Now, I can't remember at what point we mentioned that, whether it was on, a, I'm pretty sure it was on an earlier podcast. I don't think it was on that one, but that was the first big test for me. Yeah. That was an area that I knew we would not get phone reception. Mm-hmm which meant that you just lose things like Google Maps. Yeah. I've got a very, as you have as well, 
a very expensive, very cool Garmin um, GPS unit. It's pretty big and anywhere I can eliminate carrying two things that do the same thing, I will. And so I took a chance and didn't take that GPS. I know you had your watch as a backup, which was fantastic. Mm. But that thing worked. The The app worked. Even when I didn't have uh, phone reception, I had connectivity with the satellites and I could see our point on the map. Yeah. I used it again on this hike with the girls. The night before I actually got into the maps and put a marker where I intended on parking one of the cars and then on where we in, where I intended on exiting this gorge system and parking the other car. Yeah. And a few other points along the way, like that junction, you know, this hike well, that junction where you have to turn at the river. Yeah, sure. I just dropped that in because I could see it on the maps and zoom in, I could see it. So I just thought I'd drop it in there and then throughout the hike I would check it out and see how progress was going. Mm. And I did that a couple of times. There's actually this really... It looks like a terrible photo of me because I'm sitting in this absolutely beautiful environment and I'm sitting there looking at my phone. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's I almost cool. don't want to ever let anyone see that because I feel <laughs> because out of context people would think that I was um um on Facebook or something. Mm. But I was legitimately flicking through just checking our progress and again it performed beyond my expectations and just to put some clarity around that, Stephen, who who put that software together, that app together, is in the US. And he's obviously done a whole bunch of testing over there and he's confident that it's fine. But he'd never had anyone on this side of the world that was testing this unit for him or rather testing the, the app and the maps and everything. Yeah, right. So I was a bit skeptical of how it would perform here and what, trails and maps that it would have access to yeah yeah but as you were saying earlier tonight when we were chatting like it's pretty cool it's it's got it all you you can't understate how important it is to have your location on a map just Mm. to have that information is is critical when you're you know potentially potentially could get lost so to Mm. be able to see exactly where you are at a given point just um, takes a whole lot of the pressure away for navigation. So, yeah. yeah it, especially with, for me also, it's about um, progress. So mm. where am I in relation to where we are trying to get within a certain time frame? Oh, and yeah, that approaching storm or whatever it is. That's right. And that that's really cool. Do we need to step it up a notch or are we never going to reach that by this afternoon so let's start looking for mm. um, a makeshift shift camp instead of plowing on into yep. the evening it, it it really puts a perspective on things right very very good piece of gear to be able to have that with you and for something that's just attaches to your phone what a yeah that's <laughs> crazy because so many of my photography apps now like we run the gopro through the phones uh, my new Sony camera runs through my phone. My drone runs through the phone. The drone runs through, like everything's running through the phone these days. And 
I don't. I'm just not going to carry that GPS anymore because I, my phone's a third of the size, if not less. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So going to that, um, I had some more discussions with um, with the guys from Topo Maps, and it, you know, basically just said, "Look, we're 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 on board. We're happy. We love it. It's mm-hmm. good." And he said, "Hey, look." let's give your listeners uh, an opportunity to get in on this as well. So um, that leads us to, do you have that email? Yep. Yes. So the word on the street is that if you email Steve on Stephen, Stephen with a PH at glacierpeakstudios.com, he'll apply a 20% discount for the upgrade of the app. Yeah, because I believe you can um, you can just download the free version. Yeah, have a look at it. it out. Yeah, but yeah, I think once you've done that, you can email Stephen and uh, he'll apply that twenty percent discount. Um, now, if you are right in the middle of a workout now, or hiking, or commuting, or whatever, and you can't remember that email address, please just hit us up on with a direct message on Instagram or Facebook and I'll shoot it right back to you. Um, but I will just read it once more time. Once more time? Yeah. Once more once, time. Once more time from the top. Once more from the top. Uh, yes, Stephen, S-T-E-P-H-E-N at glacierpeakstudios.com. Send him an email. Sounds yeah, like- mention that you heard about it on the Hike or Die podcast. Yeah, exactly. As soon yep. as you're ready to upgrade, give him a, an email. Do it. Yeah, it's it's worth checking out. I I highly recommend it. Uh, if you know anything about us, and I guess we've got to take into consideration that some of you people listening to the podcast may not have been around for the last four or five years watching our reviews, um, following us on Facebook and Instagram. So I kind of take that for granted um, when I'm talking um that people know the history but uh as i said before i will not endorse a piece of equipment or anything a piece of software that firstly i haven't tested we haven't tested thoroughly and secondly that i don't believe in or that i don't think is a good product i just i just won't if something pops up and Somebody says, hey, if you mention the name of my product on your podcast, I'll give you a million dollars. Then I will say to you, hey, I've just got to mention this so I can get a million dollars. Okay, But I'm still not going to say it's a fantastic product that I use every day in my skincare regime. No, it's 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 exciting though to um to have some stuff we've been using really really come through and work work well and be able yeah. to tell you guys about it. That's yeah, that's, it's that's exciting cool. to be able to pass it on too. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> thanks again to Stephen and thanks for an awesome product, mate, because it is proving itself time and time again. Um, which uh, yeah, so that also makes um, Topo Maps one of our official sponsors of the podcast now. Just mm-hmm. to be clear. Uh, and the list keeps on going. I'm sorry we're taking up a lot of time with this, guys, but I, I just think it's important to let you guys know where we come from. Uh, a lot of people ask us about the gear that we use um, through 
uh, YouTube, what am I trying to say? YouTube, Instagram. I, I get questions a lot. So um, the gear that we use is the stuff we're recommending and they're the companies that we've um, become affiliated with. Yep. Uh, Rios Sunglasses. They make floating sunglasses. I don't think I've got them with me because it's 10 o'clock at night. I usually carry them around. I was going to show the people on YouTube. doesn't matter. They make floating sunglasses. I remember stumbling across their website years ago and thinking, what, what does that even mean? I didn't even know it was a thing. And so I, I emailed the guys and said, hey, can we find out a bit more about this? Because we're always in, you know, doing a lot of canoeing and stuff. If you flick your sunnies off your hat and they're in the water, they're gone. Mm. Um, so, yeah, he ended up um, sending us some pairs to test. And I remember just falling in love with those because they were so light. That's obviously what makes them float, but I it didn't even. I guess there's this misconception that with sunglasses, at least in the good old days, if you get a nice heavy pair of sunglasses, they're probably better quality. Mm. At least that's what I used to think. Sure, I'm sure it's still the case, but I guess when I put these ones on, I thought, "Wow, these are so light; they must be a bit shit." <laughs> Rubbish. <laughs> Uh, so it took me a little while to get used to how light they were on my face, but pretty quickly that became one of the my best. absolute favorite features. Best thing. Yeah, yep. is how light they are. And I was uh, doing some work in my yard today. I had them on all day. I wear them on my commute. I wear them at work all the time. Just, mm-hmm. I've got several pairs of them now, and I just switch between them depending on where we're going. And it was funny going back to this, um, the hike that I promise we will get to. Um, there's this one particular part where we have to dive into the water, um, into this gorge. And I remember thinking, well, I don't want to dive in and all my stuff to fly everywhere. So I actually took the sunglasses off my head and there were some other people down the end of the gorge watching and I took my sunnies off and I just flicked them about five meters ahead of me into the water. And I remember looking at their faces thinking, <laughs> what is this idiot doing? Is, does he think he's going to be able to swim to the bottom and get him? Like yeah. just magically find him exactly where he threw them. <laughs> but sure enough, they popped up and just floated off to the side. And then, um, yeah, I jumped in, swam over and... Uh, one of these people that we didn't know actually grabbed him and put him on a rock and said, oh, your sonnies are just over there. They're actually pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> I said, yeah, they are. <laughs> I reckon I would have lost a few pairs if I didn't have them. Yeah. Uh, anyway, just so the reason I mentioned that again, it's a great piece of gear. We use them all the time. I can highly recommend them and they're an official sponsor of the podcast. So I'd like to thank that team as well. Sweet. Last but not least, I was testing a new, actually, look up, I don't know which way to point, up here behind me. Oh, I had it right the first time. Um, There is a new backpack. It's a dry bag from Caribbee, caribbee.com, if you've never heard 
of them. Check them out. We've been using their backpacks, some of their day packs for at least a couple of years. How long have you had yours? Mm. Yeah, 18 months or so. Yeah, I've, I've probably had mine two, two and a half years. Yeah. And we went, well, I, I didn't even know you got yours. I went yeah, you, to a store. I bought it. I picked it out. Yeah. I bought it. Yeah. I've been wearing it for a couple of years. Yeah. Craig grabbed his backpack and was wearing it. And it wasn't until just recently that we started talking to the guys um, through Instagram, the guys at Caribbean. And uh, we're right in the midst of um, becoming ambassadors for those guys. Yeah, and cool. yeah, one of the, apart from the pack that I still use and love, mm. it's just a little 18 litre day pack, but it's real slim in the back. That's that camo one? Yeah, yeah, That yeah. I first saw you had. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's yeah, so yeah, good. Yeah. yeah, it's so slim that, because I um, do a lot of archery as well and when I'm down the range or wherever I am, I can wear that thing the whole time and I can still go to full draw and I just forget it's there because it's actually narrower than my back and it's so streamlined. Yeah. Um, hmm. But I used that. It's called the Trident and it's a dry bag. It's almost like a giant dry bag with yeah. straps. Yeah. And um, I gave that its maiden voyage on, well, weekend before last and uh, my camera is still in one piece and doesn't have water dripping out of it. So I'm absolutely stoked. It's a good piece of kit. They don't make... Uh, yeah, they certainly put a lot of time into the mm. the quality of the the zippers, the clasps, the materials and everything. So um, thanks for those guys too. We're going to be um, working a lot more closely with them. Right. Thanks for your patience. That's where we're at. I guess the point I'm making is things are starting to cook with this podcast and me as well because it's getting very damn hot in here. And uh, it's because of you guys supporting us um, that we're able to be able to kind of present those opportunities to you. Now, shout-outs? Righto. Yeah? Yeah, definitely. I want to kind of mix the shout-outs with... Some of the feedback we've been getting, um, we've been getting so many people from all different places and it's predominantly positive. Uh, people were super happy with that podcast that we did out in the rainforest, episode three. Yeah, right. And someone just this week said, oh, are you, are you recording out in the bush again this weekend? And I said, no, unfortunately that's a... That's it will be something that we always do, but it's not as easy as just ducking in the studio and getting this done, especially because a lot of time we need laptops to be able to um, convey information to you guys. Uh, so anyway, feedback what sort of feedback have you been getting, Craig? Any? Me, um, I know you don't have the access that I've got to all the kind of the back end of the social media stuff, but just in general. Yeah, no, I've been really impressed with some of the comments along along the lines of, you know, just potential things we can put on the mm. podcast um, and, yeah, just some of the feedback on the images we've been putting up and stuff like that's been real good. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it certainly had a lot more interest the interest than I anticipated. Um you just never know. But hey, we're giving it a shot. Yeah. Um so that Nate was a was a long time follower of Hike or Die. Started way back uh on Instagram and it's progressed from there. We actually gave Nate a shade a uh, shade out. A shout out. Um, Shady. <laughs> a shade out. <laughs> We flicked him a free hat. <laughs> <laughs> and he came back with some pretty cool pretty cool feedback. I'm just going to quickly jump into my phone because it's easier to find it there. One of the funny things he said was, <laughs> this is really funny, I'm trying to learn your fun jargons and terms and I'm trying to get that accent down as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I wrote back to him and said, oh, sorry, it's hard to know who understands what around the world. And he said, no, nah, it's part of, it's all part of it. It's um, it's good fun. Uh, something else he said was that he was really appreciative that we brought up the Big Ears National Monument. Oh, of course. Stuff. Yeah, right. And how much it kind of meant to him. And other people he knows that yeah. that push so hard to try and protect areas like that. Um, I guess he wasn't. I guess a lot of people weren't expecting a couple of idiots from Australia to have an opinion on that. But as I said in that podcast, and I will say again, anything that encroaches on any outdoor wilderness around the world is essentially affecting us all. Because if we're not all protecting our own backyards, then uh, it's not there for when people come to visit. Mm. Mm. That's a big deal for sure. There was, uh, I want to say a quick shout out to a guy called Chris on Instagram. His handle is midget, like midget, get it? (laughs) (laughs) Right. <laughs> yeah, I get it. M I D G E hyphen J E T. Uh he sent us a very kind Facebook message just out of the blue saying, I stumbled across your your podcast and uh I love it and keep up the great work. Cool. So thanks mate. Those little things go a long way for us because you just you just don't know what sort of um what sort of appeal there is when you're starting out. Uh quickly move along to Miss Healthy, happy lifestyle. Her real name is Olivia, and she has been supporting us for so long it's not funny. She was one of the original, original people who jumped on and followed us on Instagram. She's latched onto these podcasts, and uh, she listens to them at work and gives me feedback. Um, and it's great. I. I've always we've always have appreciated your support and so um thanks again for for getting in and putting a few downloads on the in uh podcast as well. Yeah. <laughs> it all helps. Good job. Um <laughs> uh, what else have we got here? Oh something on YouTube. I told you about this one earlier. I don't know anything about this person except that they're YouTube name is screen watching, one word. 
You said good to hear slash see an Australian podcast. There doesn't seem to be many around. Uh, I'd like to hear about long-distance solo bushwalks with an Australian focus. He goes on to give a bunch of topic ideas. Now, what I said to Craig earlier was, what's cool about that is we actually said to you guys, tell us what you want to hear. And this fella's just jumped in and said, okay. I'll do that. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Here's what I want to hear. Yeah, here it is. He's got a couple of cool things, and even if we don't touch on them for an entire episode, they're definitely things that would work their way into yeah, I reckon. normal conversation. Yeah. Uh, solar options for power-hungry devices while keeping your pack lightweight. I don't know if the two of those go hand in hand, but <laughs> but it's definitely we've learned a lot over the years. Yeah, I've always yeah been. Mm. worried by that you know balancing that for sure yeah and i think that even our mistakes are something that we've got to offer just to steer you guys in the right direction so excellent suggestion water management when a refill isn't going to happen for days i've been in that situation i've been in that situation multiple times and it does take some planning and forethought so i'm not going to go into that now but that's an excellent idea Physical preparation and handling stress on the, on the body when out there. Yeah, uh, we definitely covered a lot of preparation stuff in our uh, fitness episode a little while back. But I can see that. Uh, what he means by that extra kind of level of when you're actually out there, how are you looking after yourself? Sure. Uh, and then he goes into edibles, like wild edibles. Now, that is something that I don't have much experience with, so I'm not prepared to tell you which mushroom <laughs> will <laughs> will uh, put you back into your normal life. Yes. Or which one will will take you into the matrix. It is a roulette. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, and then some stuff about... Um, being off trail and the use of topographic um, maps and uh, GPS. So excellent suggestions, mate. Thank you Mm. very much for taking the time to write that. Yeah. It's gone on the list and we will um, most definitely have a crack at some of those in the future. Yeah. All right. I feel like I need to refill my drink. Mm-hmm. And take my jacket off because I wasn't joking about that getting hot earlier. Right, it must be the spotlights. It is. There's a lot of pressure on me right now. Uh, well, that's cool. Well, I'm pretty keen. I know now that you went on a, a bit of an adventure with some of your newfound friends or friends from work, I assume. Yeah, and no, they're, they're newfound hiking buddies, but well, that's they're long-term friends. Long-term friends, gotcha. So, yeah, I yeah, can't wait to hear a bit more about that because um, I haven't seen any of the footage. So I'm going to crack another ginger beer, excuse me, while uh, I tend to that. I don't think it's going to be icy cold and that's going to irritate me a bit. We had the forethought to eat. Oh, I hear that. We had the forethought to eat the uh, salt and vinegar chips prior to 
So you starting the podcast. So you, you guys didn't have to eat them along with us, but um, <laughs> he didn't have to hear us. Chew. There's a couple left. I'm tempted, but uh, I won't do it to you. Okay, so I've given you heaps of background as to how the kind of concept of that hike came about. The the yeah. hike with the girls. Okay, and <clears throat> why I eventually decided to. Um, kind of reach out to them and say, hey, look, I've got this idea. Do you want to come? Um, are you interested? And the response was absolutely fantastic, like super enthusiastic. Mm-hmm. And I thought, mm, maybe that's just a enthusiasm until it gets closer to the date and they realize um, that... Yeah, it's going to happen. <laughs> uh, but no, I was wrong, proved wrong straight away. So uh, we turned up, um, we had a meeting spot. We turned up, uh, we shuffled around in the cars a bit and we took two cars to this particular hike because one car sits right up the top of this ridge and you drive the other car down to, uh, I guess, the bottom of a, what's the word for it, valley, um, gorge, riverbed, whatever. Yeah, yeah, something like that. You you park well, it down the other end, and then yeah, and you start from the top, and then by the time you get to the end, you've got the other car to drive back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's all all downhill essentially. Sure and, is. And as it is downstream. Now, <clears throat> again, they were super enthusiastic, and I, I think I was saying this to you on the phone as well. There's a bit of a caveat because. You can take a lot of things I'm about to say out of context and say, uh, well, you could say a whole bunch of things about them, really. It's not that um, I had any expectations. It's not that I... Because I know, uh, you know, some girls that hike and they're absolute beasts, you know. They just Mm. go out, do solo stuff and do, you know, 18-kilometer days like there's girls that somewhere along the line in there, as they've grown up, they've been exposed to that to a point where they're comfortable enough to explore it themselves. Mm-hmm. But that's a different type of person. And so I took these four girls and do you remember that the the first part of this hike is really steep? Like it's going straight down into this gorge. Yeah, my first question, was it wet? Was there it, any? Yes, it had been yeah. raining the night before. Yeah, right. It's yeah. pretty steep. It's steep and slick and it's like a red kind of a mud. Yeah. And uh, what's even worse is some of the foliage um, falls onto the rainforest floor and it, it, it falls on top of this slick red mud and you think mm. that it might be safer to step on the foliage but that ends up skating out underneath your feet and, yeah and you can't always grab every tree going past either because usually they've got those thorny vines growing around them yeah but you've got to use the trees <laughs> you've got to use the trees <laughs> i remember picking thorns out of our fingers the first time craig and oh I that's did right that yeah. yeah yeah and uh there was no different i remember i think it was monday or tuesday a couple of days after we did the hike i was at work and thinking what's that Pain, yeah. pain in my finger and ended up squeezing a little thorn out of my finger. 
Yeah, right. Um, so anyway, that was pretty amusing. Like they were laughing and they just make a lot of noise. Girls make a lot of noise. <laughs> so right, right. They're just laughing. They're straight into it. They were in hysterics and they were all sliding over and falling on their backsides and it was funny. And th- there was one point where I... Um, Put in context, I've got really long legs. I've got pretty good hiking shoes. I know where to step, where not to step. And I went down on one knee at one particular time and that, that information went up the chain pretty quickly. It was like, <laughs> he's down, yes, he went down. <laughs> they were waiting for me to stack it. Had a spill. It was pretty funny. What I admired about that was they weren't taking themselves too seriously at all and they weren't embarrassed to have a bit of fun and yeah truly um i'll probably say this 50 times but i do commend them on on how much commitment that first part of the hike is yeah as i said this will be the toughest part and everything gets better after that and the further we go on this hike the more rewarding it gets and that's exactly why i chose it right and they trusted me they trusted my judgment um, did they spill a bit? Did they fall over? Yeah, all the time, man. Yeah. Kept falling over, yeah. Oh, only on that steep stuff. That's what I mean. But not throughout the day. Um, yeah. I think it kind of warmed them up. <laughs> Something else I learned about girls, they have much shorter legs than me. <laughs> what are you saying, man? You know. Something I didn't even contemplate was <sighs> when... I'm hiking along and I said, hey, uh, just when you get to this log, the easiest way to get over this log is to actually step over it like it's a horse and then take your other leg over. Yeah. I did it and I kept walking probably about 10 meters and then I stopped just to check back on on how everyone's doing. And uh, one of the girls had straddled this log and she just turned around and said, now what? Now what? <laughs> Both feet were off the ground by a solid foot each side and she was just suspended up on this log. And again, not not taking themselves too seriously. It was, it was, we had some really good laughs and it, it certainly put me in my place because I thought, okay, don't make assumptions that um, everybody's the same. And... Uh, yeah, it was it was cool. There there are other parts down that first steep bit where, um, and I I would have done this no matter who it was, but you know, there's quite there's some quite steep bits that if you fell you might fall fifteen fifteen foot or something. So not that far, but just enough to um, break an arm, break an ankle, or whatever, because it was on rocks. Yeah. yeah. Um, so in those parts, I'd kind of put myself in between the fall and where they needed to be and of course inevitably they're the parts where there was bugger all to hold on to or not many footholds um so yeah we just just worked it worked across one at a time and we all got through it and uh i got in trouble for telling them um not much further about four times (laughs) yeah no, mate, look, I've got uh, much shorter legs than you. I don't think it's just a girl thing. I think it makes a huge difference that you've got those long legs. It's, um, 
it's put me out many a time. <laughs> I just forget. I just forget about it. You know, it's just because <laughs> I grew up with them. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Oh, sorry, I'm just trying to get comfortable here. Um, I don't even think about it, but it was funny. It, it was funny. We had a good time, and we got down to uh, the first that junction in the river, and I said, "Look, it's time to take a break." Uh, all of a sudden, it goes from this cliffy sort of steep terrain, which um, lots of palm trees in it, really weird kind of rainforest, and then you just pop out on this crystal clear stream, very idyllic, something that you'd see in a movie, absolutely gorgeous, and that's when they kind of went, "Oh wow, I see, I see what hiking is. Yeah. This is awesome." Had we have had the car just around the corner at that point and gone and got in the car, I reckon they would have thought that was the best hike ever. Yeah. But that was a third of it. And um, as you know from that hike, it just keeps getting better and better. Yeah, sure does. That's where I heard the word she-wee. Do you know what a she-wee is, Craig? You probably need to Google oh. it, but I'd be very careful Googling it. Um, yeah, because it was our first pit stop. Um, oh, I know where this yeah, is going. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of said, <laughs> okay, that's something I've never spoken about on our snack breaks. <laughs> and they, they all just cracked up. Right. Uh, so, yeah, there was a bit of semi-awkward conversations there as I was politely trying to understand what <laughs> the dynamics of such a thing. Uh, oh. And then... Uh, Basically, having them say that they wish that it was as easy for them as it was for guys. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I kind of thought, yeah, probably right. We take that for granted. Another thing. Exactly. And and I was thinking about it. Whenever it's um, like number two time, whenever we're hiking. Yeah. I always think, man, I got to get that close to the ground. You want me to sit there for five minutes? There's those leeches and spiders and stuff. And as you say, yeah, totally take it for granted that um, we can just. Uh, <laughs> this podcast has gone downhill. Yeah, man, where are you taking us? <laughs> Into the abyss. <laughs> yeah, well. So, yeah, it's, I'm just giving you. I'm just giving you a synopsis right. of it's like the I was interesting. There, it, yeah, these <laughs> these are the differences. All right. I've yeah. never spoken about a shiwi on any hike with you ever. No. I hike with them for one hour, cat's out of the bag. It was good. It was good. Again, we were, it, was, it was good to just have a laugh about that sort of thing. And um, From there, we kept trucking on downstream, which brings you closer and closer to deeper and deeper water and i would argue that the terrain gets more more and more beautiful as you move through the rainforest and you know they took a whole bunch of pictures on their on their phone videos and stuff and i there was a point there where i thought wow you guys and your enthusiasm is reminding me why I come out here 
and to slow down to their pace. That's got nothing to do with them being female. They were inexperienced in mm. in the wilderness. It's tricky walking across rocks. I gave them a few pointers and um, they really appreciated that sort of stuff. Uh, so we moved at a slower pace and that's fine. Um, I trained for this stuff all the time so I wasn't going to take off at my pace. But moving at their pace was really nice. It was cool to just look around and have a chat with one or two of them while someone else took some photos and we literally had all day to get there and uh, mm. the weather was fantastic. So th that was a nice little reminder as well is don't forget it's the journey, not the destination. Yeah, it's always nice to slow down a bit, eh? Yeah, and the, and it's whenever you take new people out mm. that you realise uh, why it is you started coming out. Yeah. Yeah, I will, I will remember that for a long time as this particular hike progresses it um, gets slightly more technical especially when you get to points where you can't touch the bottom and uh, so in the stream you can't actually touch the bottom anymore and there's no way to navigate around because the cliff walls become so sheer in the gorge and that was cool. That's where it started to get pretty fun as well. And I don't think they stopped laughing for an hour through that section. So you had it a was awesome. waterproof pack. I used the, I took that, yeah. that Trident. Yeah. Did the girls have what gear I did for was, it? No. So what I did was I said, everyone bring um, a backpack that you don't mind getting completely saturated. And I will bring a whole bunch of dry bags. Okay. So I gave them a dry bag each. To put inside. Depending on yeah. how big the stuff was that they had. Yeah, cool. And then they would have a dry bag inside their pack. Mm. So they were able to keep all their stuff dry. Yeah. Um, well, I just had the bigger, the dry pack because you know, I had a camera and, mm. and a few other little surprises up my sleeve, which I'll get to. Right. When we got to, so the water was a lot higher than when you and I were there both times, a lot higher. There's parts where we were walking on dry gravel when you and I were there. Right. And it was nearly knee deep when we were there. What do you mean like where we did the gravel review and stuff like that? That was, there was no gravel. There's no gravel there now? No. Like it's just deep water. Yeah. Right. And, you know, up above that. Yeah. Swim through the hole, yeah. climb up the rocks. Yeah. Remember that bit? Yeah. That's knee deep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. So it was... So it was really it was, flowing over. Yeah, it was moving a bit. Wow. That's actually a point where I thought, okay. Didn't didn't expect I that. Didn't, I mean, <laughs> I was anticipating water. Yeah. Because obviously the, that's Remember the, Mika that we met down there? Yeah, yeah. Remember um, he said... Uh, that he's seen it with a lot more water and it does kind of move through there a bit. Yeah. I kind of went, oh, yeah, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, he did. And well, I. Yeah, yeah. Well, he goes, he just loves that place. He's a really cool guy to follow on Instagram as well. I'll chuck his uh, Instagram in the show notes for you. Yeah. That's where we met him. Uh, and 
he goes back there a lot and he photographs a lot of those kind of key things. Does a really great job too. But he dropped some photos about a week before I went. And so I could, it was almost like a weather report. I could see the levels. Mm. And I thought, okay, at least I know what we're up against because I'm going to be there in a week's time. Yeah. And so I knew that there was going to be a bit of a waterfall thing going on because I saw it in one of his photos. Yeah. So thanks, Mika. <laughs> I, I think he, that. it was him who told us that there's this special time of day when the sun just comes straight down into that section, yeah, that's hits right. the water and it clears up. And Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he spends a lot of time there. It's a, Yeah, that little spot there. What? So what is that? Is that called the – is that the gorge there or is it that further is the on? Gorge. No, no, that is the gorge, yeah. Where that waterfall is and you've got you to climb in there. Oh, I would suggest that it's as soon as those walls kind of go up to vertical, yeah. it's that whole long bit. Yeah. If you have a look um, on Google Earth and kind of zoom in, you can actually see the contours of the land all of a sudden just flip up to vertical. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, when we got there, I thought, okay, they knew they were going to get wet. They knew that. They knew there'd be a bit of swimming and everything. And I said, well, I might have to jump in and into a pool or whatever. But if you remember correctly, when we were there, we jumped in because it was fun to jump in, not because we had to. Mm. Right? We could have climbed down. But when I got there with these girls, <laughs> you would have struggled to climb down safely because the water was pushing through between these two rocks. Yeah. So I got there and I thought, okay, this is interesting because it's quite a few hours if you want to turn around and go back the other way. And uh, I said, I, I kind of quickly came up with a plan and I said, everyone take your backpacks off. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to jump in and take my backpack down and put it on some of the rocks and swim back and then drag all their backpacks down so they're only worried about themselves jumping in. Yep. And that worked really well because they didn't have things to carry and mm. hang on to and all that sort of stuff. And, uh, yeah, one by one they climbed up uh, on the, I guess, if you're looking, if you're standing down where we recorded that grail footage and looking back towards... Mm the canyon to the left that's where we jumped yeah. off so but it was all slick like real slippery and okay. had water and slime all down you couldn't even touch it man it was so slick right so on the right hand side there's a massive boulder with a flat spot at the front so i climbed over that and jumped off the flat spot and I knew where to jump because isn't there some a rock submerged that's right on that side? Yeah, yeah yeah so you have to jump over it and into the deep and uh i jumped for and all these things as you picked it up right then all these things are adding up to okay this is a bit of this will take concentration and people are gonna have to get (laughs) get it right seriously couldn't jump from the other side no way no it it was you wouldn't have even got a foothold on it because it was so slippery it was always slippery yeah Yeah. i remember that but there were dry bits remember i almost slipped in we had good shoes i had good shoes for that did what are the what were the girls wearing just runners stuff like that oh one girl had hiking boots um just runners but yeah even in my merrells i was 
Yeah, strong. Oh, admittedly, they've got a bit. They've lost a bit of their tread because I've had them for a while. But I. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, we had to jump from somewhere else. So yeah. I jumped in first and thought, okay, it's it's doable, but I'm going to need to be here. And what I did was I swam back to the spot where I jumped in, and then I stood on the rock. Oh, did you? I stood on the rock and then it was pretty loud in there too. And then one at a time they got up and I just said, you see where I am? There's a rock. You only have to go like half a meter to the left of me yeah. and you're in super deep water. So they could see the point where not to jump. Yeah, yeah. And then I jumped in the water and swam over to where I wanted them to jump in front of me. Mm. And one after the other bang 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 they just no fear they smashed it no fear <laughs> oh they said there was fear but you wouldn't have picked it they just like, did it the first girl just Good got on. up and went bang she did it quicker than me like i st- stood for a couple of seconds had a look around psyched myself up um now the last girl um what's the last one I think it was last or second last she got up and then her confidence got the better of her and you know that kind of you go to jump but then your knees drop out kind of thing she did that a bit yeah lost it yeah, yeah and um she just shook her head and kind of moved back and i was like okay this is that's fair enough like it's a big jump and i said yeah it's all good I'm going to find a way to climb back up and and I'll help you come down through the waterfall. And as I was kind of swimming towards her, you just saw her in her face. She just, it was almost like she gave herself a, a, a slap across the face. And yeah. You just saw her change and she just shook her head again. And she's like, no, I'm doing this. And she just climbed back up and I went, whoa, okay. <laughs> Uh, and she and she just um, stood there for a couple of seconds, and then she just launched yeah. in like perfect, executed perfectly. Oh, that's and good. for me, that was such a massive turning point. Like she's from the UK too, so she hasn't grown up around all this mm. crazy stuff that we do. And yeah. I thought that was a massive turning point. I honestly, at that point, um, I swam back to the shallower stuff where there we were high-fiving and everyone was stoked everyone was an epic high and i just couldn't have been prouder of all of them for that um it was a fantastic effort it was a fantastic effort for anybody yeah um especially people that had never spent that much time outdoors like that and i'm sure it was a first for them too Mm. uh it was pretty cold water was pretty cold and I was kind of fine because I was wearing the merino shirt and it was keeping me warm. But uh, I could see them getting a bit cold. And so we kind of, um, I said, let's just get a move on. We'll spend another half an hour getting out of this bit. And then when we hit a nice sunny patch, as you know, there's some really cool sunny patches. When we hit a nice sunny patch with a bit of gravel and stuff, we'll... um. We'll set up and we'll have a proper lunch, get everyone, you know, you can 
get your gear dry, get other shirts on if you want and just kind of like take our time. So we sat there for well, maybe maybe not an hour but a long time. Just yeah. totally relaxing in the sun. Sounds good. Drying gear out and just, you know, they couldn't stop talking about jumping and all the stuff they'd done. Oh, we saw a little snake too. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, earlier on. Right. One of the girls videoed me walking up to, it was across the trail and it was just completely still. And I kind of, it did not react at all as I moved closer. Its face was just slightly covered by a leaf and I couldn't get an angle to check its eyes out or anything. So I didn't know. It was one of the, it was right in that borderline color of juvenile brown snake or you know weird olive green tree snake yeah got difference between one that would maybe hit you on the leg or or scurry away another one that would hit you and you'd be dead in yeah sure sure so i just couldn't quite see its eyes and i i didn't know so and plus they were behind me I thought I'd just take a bit longer than normal just to try and... And also, I thought it might have been dead. It just was not moving. Dead still. And it had a massive lump in its guts. Right about the size of a mouse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I sat there looking at it. And then all of a sudden, it just started moving again across the path. There was nothing wrong with it. But it moved slower. I think it was mid digestion or something did you see its face what sort of oh again it just for a split second and then it was under like you know how they try and go under under so it's not like it was going up over Mm. twigs it was putting its head under this bunch of sticks and then under these leaves and i still reckon it was probably just a tree snake yeah but it was just i just thought let's just keep because they were probably two meters behind me, the girls, and I thought, let's just keep them back. Yeah. See what happens here. And, yeah, it just trotted off. And uh, we all moved on. But it was pretty cool to see that. Yeah, we got this little, um, it turns out to be called a yellow-faced whip snake. Have you seen oh, them? Oh, yeah. I In the backyard here. And we were poking around at it. And then I've since read it's it's potentially dangerous. But I thought it was just a tree snake. Yeah, right. But uh, kids can get bitten and really sick from it. Yeah, right. But um, it had an olive color too or kind of more like, yeah, more like a, yeah, caramely olive olive color. (laughs) Yeah. Do you remember that uh, four-wheel drive? Getting a bit off topic here, but it's on the snake topic. (laughs) That's that's all good. We could talk. We did that four-wheel drive trip and we took um, Maddie up and... uh, um, Joel. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yep. And I lost my license plate yeah, off the front. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I thought that um, it was when I was bulldozing down those little trees and uh, the long grass, trying to flatten right. out that pad where we ended up setting up. Where we camped. Yep. Yeah, yeah, where we camped. Right. That To me, that just made perfect sense. Oh, that's where it was because yeah. I remember nudging a few little trees over, but 
didn't remember seeing the blade on the ground. I drove back there by myself one day um, to go check that area out and try and look for my license plate because it's 65 bucks to replace it. <laughs> right. I probably spent 200 bucks in petrol. <laughs> petrol to find but, it. <laughs> but hey, I had a day out. It was, it was a nice day. Um, going back to the snake, I came around this corner just kind of cruising and I had my window down um, and this snake went across in front of me. It was absolutely insane colours. I've never, ever seen anything like it in my entire life. I thought, that looks like someone's gone to Guatemala and grabbed a snake and brought it back and thrown it in the Australian bush. Hmm. I got straight home and uh, I really would have loved to have taken... I had my camera with me. Would have loved to have got a shot, but he was... uh, He went across in front of the car and so I went... uh, I kept kind of very slowly crawling past him as he went to the edge of the grass. And he stopped for a second. I got a really good look at him. And then... He just took, kept moving like he wasn't going to hang around. Like a big pi- big python? No, or no, no, no. No? This thing was iridescent blue, like fluorescent blue. Right. And yellow was oh, absolutely right. incredible. So bright. And I looked it up. I'm not going to guess what it was called, but I got straight home and thought, yeah. that is, I don't even know if that's an Australian snake. And I, yeah, I Googled it and ended up finding it. And it is. Mm. But um, to find that in, because uh, that area is only, it's not far from where I grew up. Mm. And the sort of snakes we'd find when I was growing up were red belly black snakes, tree snakes, tiger snakes. That was about it. Yeah. And to see this thing so close to where I grew up and just it, just blew my mind. It's oh, unreal. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll um have to dig up a picture on Google and show it to you because it, it was, in fact, I've just got to do it right now. <laughs> While I'm doing that, though, I just, I know we're on a bit of a tangent, but what I wanted to ask you was going back to the girl hiking thing and a comment I made earlier about uh, my assumption that at some point these girls that I know who hike all the time, yeah, my assumption is that at some point they have had exposure to, um, like I don't think they're a different breed or anything or a different type of person. I just think they've had exposure to the outdoors earlier and maybe more gradually and that has given them, uh, I don't know, the confidence to kind of, to do what they do. Mm. Now, you, with two twin daughters, mm. what, what's your thoughts on that? Like, how, how are you going to approach those sorts of, as they're growing up, I know they're nowhere near that, but you're already kind of taking them out in the outdoors, just easing them into it. Yeah. But what, do you 
actually think about how you're going to do that or are you just naturally incorporating them in what you do anyway? Have you consciously thought about that? Yeah, heaps because with Elliot, I, I've really consciously taken him exploring um, more than I know lots of my mates would with when he was two and three, you know, carrying him basically to the top of some hills and mountains and stuff. So, yeah, I've really pushed that with him. I think with the girls, I'm more inclined to just encourage their physicality and they're actually very capable um, with their coordination and just skill set that, um, yeah, they're, they're only two and a half, but as soon as they get, um, yeah, as soon as they get ready, I'll take them on some hikes and some bushwalks. And I think it all comes down to family camping, if you ask me. That's where, um, that's where, you know, I feel my roots in being outdoors comes from. Do you mean, um, if you take them, them camping, camping, yeah, as much as I can, I think they're kind of just develop their personal affinity with the outdoors mm. through camping out of the house, you know, yeah. a little bit of nighttime out of the house, if it's at all possible, makes a big difference. Yeah, that that's a really good point. Um, you know, we were talking about that on this hike and we, um, I, I said, look, you know, get a few of these under your belt and the next steps to do the overnighter. Yeah, and and stay out and experience. Yeah, how absolutely amazing it is at night. And um, one of the girls said, she said, "Ah, oh, no, that's my worst fear is being in the outdoors at night, lost. The only way it could get any worse is if there were zombies and vampires." <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a bit like that like they were just all like her worst fears wrapped up yeah and it started with why would i be outdoors at night and i said to her you need to you don't need to nobody you don't need to do anything if you don't want to my point was once you have experienced the being in the middle of a rainforest for example or the Australian bush or wherever at night maybe you've got a campfire maybe you haven't there's it's well, you know how special it is mm. like that last podcast I've had people come back and say oh it's just so immersive that podcast we, it was just like we were just sitting there with you yep. and bush sounds open fires tents um i think just being a long way from your home as well just gives you that respect for um some sort of adventure you know that yeah. outdoor adventure um as far as skills for you know climbing and um hiking and gear and you know buying them boots and stuff like that i i don't know i think i'll probably just let that unfold a bit more naturally but I'll just lead by example, I guess. I think that's definitely the best. I think that's the best way. I think, and also think, and this is from not knowing any better. I don't know. I've got nothing. To, I haven't tested this. 
but it seems logical. It seems logical if you don't treat your son differently to them. If you don't take him on hikes and say, hey, girls, I'm just taking him. It's going to be a tough one today, so you might want to sit out of this. <laughs> yeah. you know, and let's be clear, though. There's a bit of an age difference. At the moment, when they're younger, that age difference is magnified. But um, as with my two older boys, that they got a two-year age gap and you wouldn't even know it. True. You would yeah. not know it. The way that they get around and do things yeah. together, it it, sh- it shortens that. Yeah. So in the next sort of five years or so, the gap between them um, both physically and mentally will reduce and then that's where you get to a point where it's if you're doing something with him, they can do it. Yeah. And I think just <laughs> being inclusive but also you're going to need to be tactful when they decide that they might not want to as well and yeah. that's okay that's cool it's like i think it's okay to go and it's okay not to go i i listened to um another podcast by steven ranella i think i've told you about him yeah uh it's called the meat eater podcast and he sometimes, he's got a son and a daughter now. His son's almost exactly the same age as my middle boy. Anyway, he talks about his daughter sometimes and that she was kind of right into fishing and then sometimes she'll just say, oh no, I just want to hang out with, with mom and whatever, or go shopping or whatever, and he kind of gets this little, like, twitch. <laughs> um, but then says, no, 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 that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. You yeah. do that. But always know that you can jump back in at any time and come fishing with us, come camping with us. Yeah. And I think I think that's a pretty cool um, methodology, if for want of a better word where you can kind of say, well, you guys can come and go as you please, but it's consistent. It's always there. I'm always going to do it. Maybe your son doesn't want to go one day and the two girls do, and that's cool. You're not going to come down on him for that just as you won't come down on them for not going. But it's going to be interesting. They're already missing out a bit because – the Mac pack, koala pack that I used to carry him in. Oh, yeah. It doesn't fit two girls in. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get the one on the front. One well, on the front. Yeah, double. Yeah. I'll, I'll write them an email for a double or something. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. it is hard to carry two up a hill. So, um, uh, it's hard to carry one. I carried my youngest up to the top of gun gun and that was um, pretty solid. Your arms know about it by the time you get there. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Good. Hey, I got that picture of the snake up. Oh, that's insane. I know, man. But look what it's listed under. Common tree snake. <laughs> I wouldn't say there's Bullshit. much common about that. <laughs> Bullshit. You're wrong. And it's right next to the yellow faced whip snake. Yeah. So that is the- not that is the most uncommon tree snake I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. common tree snake. Often to refer to referred to as the green tree. It, it, no way, man. I mean, don't get me wrong. 
this guy knows what he's talking about on this website. But that just blew me away because I would expect um, that's not... I've seen common tree snakes my whole life and that... Yeah, it's almost like he's got the wrong picture there. <laughs> it almost <laughs> is. That's not, not a common uh, tree snake. I'm just clicking on more to see if uh, there's something he's... Yeah, see the picture down there? Yeah, that's a common tree snake. Yeah. That's a common tree snake. So, has he seriously got the wrong picture there? No, no, no. I don't, no, I don't think that's the wrong picture. Well, how else can we cross-check it? Oh, I guess maybe it's just, oh. But there's a few different, like, examples. Yeah. Wow. I don't think that's anything related. That's probably not even uh, in this country. That picture right there, that is what I saw. And that's a bit kind of, that's got a bit of shine on it. But yeah, it was so rich and so blue and so yellow. I was a jaw-dropping moment. I actually almost mm. slammed the brakes on. And what is that? How cool though. Yeah, you I'd love out, to see one again. Should have gone out and played with that. Well, thing, yeah, man. because you know everything in nature says if it's freaking fluorescent blue and yellow, it can kill you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yep. Like that to me but says it's non-venomous. Yeah, that's right. That to me says um, do not come near yep. me because you will die in four seconds. Yeah, you and know how much that blue bottle hurt when you touch that. This is gonna hurt more, <laughs> but no, not no. Venomous. So, um, oh, I wish I had it jumped out now. The worst you can get from that is a little nip. Absolutely beautiful. Cool. So, we've come full circle back right. to uh, where we started. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I think that was pretty cool to see the snake. They liked that, yeah. and um, just to see wildlife in general. I think they were. You see any other people there? Was it busy? We didn't see people until we got all the way down to the uh, gorge, what is essentially the main swimming hole. And then there was only sort of eight people there, two different groups, and a few people further down. And then when we went past them, we didn't see anyone for ages again. Hmm. Uh, when When we pulled over and had our break for, you know, 45, 50 minutes or whatever... I think only two people walked past us. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. It was real quiet because it looked like it was going to be raining that day and I think it would have oh. turned a few people off. A bit overcast. Oh, cool. Yes, we made the way our way out to the car from there and um, got up to the car and I heard, again I heard a phrase I've never heard during before or after a hike and that was do you have a hairbrush (laughs) (laughs) Uh, get this though that that's not even the funny part i said no i don't have any use for it and one of the girls said oh i just thought with you know that amount of hair that you've got you might have a hairbrush (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> like it wasn't. I don't even think that was a joke. Yeah. So, um, yeah, for those of you that that uh, don't know, this 
my hair's getting a bit out of control. It is getting long, but I still don't see a reason to have a hairbrush in my four-wheel drive. <laughs> no. no. And then there was the the burning eyes looking at me like I'm the shittest tour guide in the world. You didn't bring a hairbrush <laughs> and you were taking four girls out. What kind of service is this? <laughs> Even you though have known. the point I forgot to get to earlier was at the at the lunch break, I pulled out the little uh, Optimus Crux camping stove. Cool. And as I was folding it out, one of the girls said, "What's that? What are you doing?" And I said, "Well, it wouldn't be a lunch break without tea or coffee, would it?" And that was just the icing on the cake. They thought that was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. And, <laughs> and when I kind of think about it. I think, well, yeah, you wouldn't expect uh, to go on that sort of adventure and then have the opportunity to have a drink halfway yeah. through. Yeah. So, yeah, I just boiled it up a few times and I, I had all the other stuff in my bag and I took five cups with me. Thought of everything except the hair and everything beauty products. except yeah. the hairbrush. Yeah, right. And the shiwi. And the shiwi. <laughs> You'd left yours at home. Have, yeah, it was, mine was left at home. So even I was was having a tough time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank goodness for my ultra clinging bluey merino women's top. <laughs> to kept me warm the whole day. Ah, oh, you, yeah, you girls would have had a great day by the sound of it. We did. We had an absolutely fantastic time, and. The momentum hasn't stopped. Uh, the, the, you know, there was a little Facebook group there where we were organising it and they're dropping their photos in there and their videos and they're saying, take me back and we've got to do this again. And like they're 100% addicted and I love that. And mm. I, remember, I remember being like that early on. And as I said back at the start of this podcast, if it can go full circle and if that can attract they can build up their skills and confidence and that can attract another group of their friends and then that can attract another group of their friends that's what it has to be about it truly saddened me to hear that they uh they didn't feel like they could get out in the outdoors we talked about a bit throughout the day and says a couple more points one of the things I said to him about was in, it was in that first hour in that really steep bit and I said look um, it was about three quarters of the way through that I said I don't know you know how I don't know how much to help you or not to help you I don't want to feel like you think I I don't think you can do this but at the same time um it's just because you're new to hiking and there's and one of the girls just turned around and just said like basically you can't offend us you can help as much as you want Mm. and it was good to hear that as well because i didn't want to seem like i was this doting parent like being overprotective or assuming that they couldn't do a damn thing because that's 100 percent wrong they would smash it like once they got there sea legs yeah, yeah. in the um you know walking in the streams quite difficult 
but once you get the hang of it and know where to step and where not to step, like they just started picking up the pace and did a fantastic job. And so I kind of quizzed them a bit about also at lunch lunchtime about why why they can't do something like this or why what's stopped them and and um one of the girls said that they have been outdoors before with guys but there's a couple of different types of guys there's the ones that just say hey yeah let's come out come out hiking i know this spot and then they just take off ahead so fast that that she couldn't even keep up and she said well what's the point of that Hmm. you know what what's the point of you moving at your pace and not being accommodating of somebody who's new to hiking i think there's probably also and and she did mention this uh, there's also that kind of other type of guy which is a little bit i don't know show pony kind of yeah pretty showboating and kind of go yeah oh yeah you know and that was what they said. Like people who say, "Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, I know about hiking," be, as a guy because they think they feel like they should know about the outdoors. So then they end up in the outdoors with somebody who's basically just talking shit, just yeah. talking themselves up. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, I I know how to. Yeah, don't have the gear, hmm. um, don't know what they're doing, haven't planned it, and so. I can kind of, when they explained that, I thought, yeah, I could really see that happening. I mean, I could see that an egotistical idiot male basically jumping at the chance to to show off and say, oh, yeah, yeah, well, I'll climb that mountain. Yeah, let's do it. I'll take you. I'll take you to climb that mountain. And then they're inevitably the people that get themselves into trouble and the um, the girls have a bad experience Mm-hmm. Because they think, well, you know, it's this. This sucks because I'm not fast enough, or fit enough, or um, I can't climb that sheer rock face on my first try <laughs> without ropes. You know, th- these sort of things that make them think that that's how they have to be. That's not going to bring you back. That's not going to make you do it again. No. No, I guess they tell stories of getting roped in to things, perhaps with guys. There's lots of there's lots of girl leaders out there they should be tagging along with too, you know. Mm. So I guess that's where they need to set their sights and but or um or you know, some decent guys who yeah, won't yeah. lead them astray. Yeah, that's right. And um there's one what's it called? There was a, a another follower follower of ours uh on instagram i actually did send her a message um to see if she wanted to tag along but because i knew she was quite experienced hiker and outdoors sort of person i thought it'd be nice if there was a representative um from yeah a girl there that was that knew knew what she was doing and they could kind of go oh wow it's not just tom like it's not just because tom's a guy that makes him good at hiking which is total crap girls can do it too and and they could kind of see that but anyway i I gave her really late notice and she she was actually hiking somewhere else she was actually hiking um taking a group through up at kalula where we did that 
three-day canoe trip. All right. Yeah, yeah. nice. So um, she, yeah, she wrote back the next day and said, oh, sorry, I, I was actually doing another trip. Mm. But she's, um, her um, Instagram name, and I think we should definitely think about uh, getting her on as a guest to kind of take this topic further. Her, I really like her Instagram name, actually. It's roll away your stone, all one word. And she does this thing, where is it? It's called... Uh, she did tell me about it. Look, I'm going to... I'm going to say the wrong thing here because I haven't done my research. She does this thing, she has this web co- website called Rewilding or something like that. And it's specifically about introducing um, women uh, into the outdoors and I guess making it, as we were saying, a safe experience and a good experience, but one that they can kind of share with um, with the with a female guide, I guess. Um, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I'm just trying to find... I'm just trying to... Yeah, I didn't plan on actually going into detail of this, so I haven't got my websites and everything ready. Look, I will try and find it for you, and I'll put it in the show notes. But I just wanted to... Her name's Jessica. I just wanted to mention her because she's, I think, very close to that type of person we we're talking about and the fact that uh, we kind of had a few messages going back and forth her and i um after the event and i said it was just really cool how mm. much the girls got into it and they were enthusiastic and i was just so immensely proud and she said oh yeah i do this thing um where 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 i introduce girls back into the world and i thought wasn't that interesting that she sees an opportunity for that as well. Even being a girl herself, she sees, well, not enough girls are getting in the outdoors. I, I just thought that was interesting because, um, yeah, we had a great chat um, after I was telling her about the hike. Awesome. Yeah. Look, you've been with us for a long time. I don't have any more notes. And uh, we should probably let you go. Do you have anything to add, mate? Any closing thoughts? No. No. I think it's probably time to wrap it up. It's been um interesting little chat there. I like that. And I think we've just touched on a lot of things that we should um, add into new podcasts. Some of those ideas we've brought up before. Yeah. There's um, absolutely uh, avenues there to expand on some of that stuff. I'm excited to get back into this chair and chat to you with you again. Yeah, look, it won't be long. A funny story I was going to share with you just before we go is I tried to get a couple of different um, guests on this week and I realized that probably it, it's very stupid of me to assume that I'm going to be able to get adventuring people to join the podcast on the weekend because every single person I asked, yeah. <laughs> one guy, a photographer, he's a top bloke. Um, he's he's dead keen to come on, like really keen to come on. He's he's had photographs published in Australian Geographic. He's, he's, a, he's a top bloke. 
I texted him and he said, oh, I'm actually on a road trip climbing mountains. I said, that's okay. Do you want to call in to the show on Saturday night? And he said, I'll be on top of a mountain. I don't think I'll have reception. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then I spoke to another guy and uh, he said, oh, we're we're out camping that weekend. Okay. Probably won't have reception. Mm -hmm. And then I spoke to another couple and they said, uh, oh, we're working all day doing some guiding or something and we're going to be so tired um, on Saturday night. So, uh, yeah, apologies. The guests are there. They want to come on. They legitimately want to go. They're lining up. There's people that want to come on and tell you cool stuff. They just say midweek, please. Yeah, they're just asking for midweek, mid-week podcast. So we're going to have to recalibrate. Mm-hmm. Uh Yeah, and the other funny thing I was going to tell you, just to leave you with a thought that maybe all is not lost with humankind. I was on the train and I saw a guy with the same hiking shoes as us getting off the train at the same stop as me. And I have seen him before, I just never noticed his shoes. And we're waiting there for the train to pull up. This is on my commute home. And I said, nice shoes, mate. And he kind of looked down at mine and he laughed and he went, yeah, I love them. They're so good. And as we got off the train, we were chatting and um, just talking about how we use the shoes and stuff like that. And uh, so anyway, we parted ways and uh, a couple of days later, I saw him getting off the train and gave him a wave. And I was this week, uh, it happened to be on my carriage again and we got off and we were talking and I said, oh, I saw there's a special on this website for some gear, you know, if you're looking for a new pair of shoes or whatever. And we started talking and he said, oh, have you heard of um, Wild Magazine, which is why I've got that copyright here tonight. And I said, oh, I, th- I think I've heard of it. I think I've seen it. Yeah, and yeah. so um, he pulls this magazine out and he, so he starts... He shows me and I start flicking through it. And he says, I, I don't know this guy. And he says, well, why don't you take it home and have a read of it and just give it back to me um, on the train sometime. And I just thought that was incredibly generous. Yeah, sure. And it, it just kind of blew me away. I got home and said, look at this magazine. This guy just gave it to me to borrow. Not only that, it's awesome. Oh, not only that, it's awesome. Yeah, it's it's an (laughs) epic magazine. Uh, I just... um, And and then I thought, there's another example of hiking bringing people together. Because it was the shoes that we both recognized and straight away that pre-qualified us to be more aligned than... Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're going to wear those shoes, they kind of... They're very specific, so you you must have something in common. And then he hands me this epic magazine. Now, here's how it gets even creepier and cooler, right? <laughs> of course. You think that's, that's good, right? I'm reading this magazine. I get about three articles in. I've been reading it back and forth on the train, taking my time, not rushing it. I get to this article about white... And it says, I love you, Tom. And there's all notes in there and there's oh, photos yeah. of me. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. There's uh, <laughs> lipstick and everything. 
Uh, I'm watching you. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, you picked sure, it. Sure. I get to this uh, article on um, what, oh, what's it? White water rafting. That's what I was trying to say. So, right. yep. And I'm reading this article going, wow, this is a cool article. These people are cool. They're doing, they're awesome. I love this. What a cool article. Every time I get to the end of an article, I read who's written it. Yeah. I get to the end of this article mm. and I read the names and I'm like, what's, geez, that sounds familiar. And then I read the name of their blog and I went, get out of town. I met the couple who wrote the article in this magazine that this stranger gave me on the train three years ago in Tasmania hiking on a 100-kilometer trail in the middle of nowhere. I met this couple that wrote this article. You were meant to read that, man. I know. And so I tried, I said, they're the ones that were too tired to come on because they worked all day. I said, you've got to come on the show, Oh, man. wow. Oh, that's spooky. So there, I sent them a message on Facebook and they're like, oh, we, don't worry, we'll, we will come on the show. They're incredible. They've got an awesome blog. And um, mm. Kaz and Chrissy are their names and they take fantastic photos and everything. But how incredible is that? That... I just, it just blew my mind. Right. First of all, you know, getting a magazine and then, but then discovering that that was them. I just, I, it's a story for another time, but I got to this hut in the middle of nowhere. It was freezing cold. I was a bit wet from rain and stuff. And I opened this, the door and I'm absolutely freezing cold. And this couple sitting in there and they've already got the, fire going and they were so welcoming and we sat there and had a coffee together and talked and talked and talked and mm. then we caught up again the next night at the next hut but uh that was them absolutely Weird. freaky hey freaky circle man that's so cool yeah very cool no i saw that sitting there i thought because i used to i used to basically get that every is it quarterly or something Two monthly because okay every month I'd go and no and then yes and then no and yes because I used to get some magazines for the clinic and stuff so yeah it's a good yeah. one yeah it's a good I'll, one I'll tell you one more funny story that wasn't a funny story that was an epic story that you can tell your friends yeah right when I left the hut the next morning I said to them um oh and I think I ran I think I we one of us we either overtook each other during that day the next day we were going to the same campsite and i said are you going to stay in the next hut and they said yeah we'll stay in the hut i get to the next hut late in the afternoon and i can hear people inside the fires on i can see the chimney going and there's people laughing inside and i thought oh they're already here this is hilarious i am so funny i was already laughing before i did it. i thought oh this is they're just going to love this they're going to absolutely think I am the funniest guy in the world. I walk up to the front door, this old rickety wooden door, and I just go, with my fist, I just go, bang, bang, bang. Who goes there? 
just screamed it through the door and all the talk and laughter just stops dead. <laughs> yeah. And then I just start pissing myself laughing and I open the door. <laughs> <laughs> they were not in there and the four people in there I'd never <laughs> met and they were all backpackers from overseas. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not surprised about that story, man. <laughs> uh, then I'm there trying to explain to them who can't really understand English how hilarious it is because, oh, my friends are meant to be here. They were going to be here. And I said I was coming and then I, it was a joke. And, and I know I'm on my own that, and this looks yeah, really weird. But... I'm by myself. <laughs> And I thought it was cool to smash on your door and scare the living shits out of you. Man, I'll never live that. And it was literally um, 10 minutes later, I ran into Kaz and Chrissy and they're like, oh, hey, how you doing? Oh, no, we didn't didn't bother staying in there. It was a bit crowded, so we just pitched the tent over here. And I'm like, yeah, yeah it would have been cool if you told me that because I walked straight past your tent and just smashed the door down. <laughs> no, not cool. Uh, <laughs> On that note, thank you for your valuable time. (laughs) I hope you've enjoyed uh, some of this. Um, Get out and keep on hiking. And uh, thanks for all your feedback. Thanks for your support. See you later, guys. Bye. See ya. Bye. If you're listening to this podcast on iTunes, we'd really appreciate your ratings and comments if you can spare the time. If you'd like to know more about Hike or Die TV and keep track of our adventures around Australia, make sure you drop by hikeordie.com. That's where you'll find all the information you'll need to follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram or Pinterest. As always, we appreciate your support. Thanks for listening.